powered by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Greetings and salutations, everybody. I'm Master Coach Tony Richards here, your host for Better Than Before on the C-Suite Radio Network. I trust that you've made it into March soundly and safely, and we're on our way to spring. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to some warmer temperatures, some sunshine, some weather where we can get out and enjoy things. And, of course, we have the crazy time change coming up next weekend. So the next time I talk to you, we will be an hour later than, of course, you can download this podcast anytime you want to, but our entire lives will be running an hour later as the days get longer going into spring and daylight stays around longer and everything. I know, I think people prefer the time change that's coming up, the one where you got more daylight in the evening. If that's you, then that's something to look forward to and take hope in as next weekend approaches and we'll all change our clocks again. Today, our theme is going to be thoughts from a great career coach. And I've got one of the best in the entire industry, Sonia Price, whose middle name is Dynamo. And she is here today to talk to us about careers and getting promoted and how to form that relationship with your boss or your supervisor where you can get promoted, make more money and be overall more satisfied with your career. So let's get right to it. We're excited to have Sonia Price here. She's also got the middle name of Dynamo. So she's got 15 plus years of experience in career and leadership consulting. She's worked with a wide range of clients, including Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Nordstrom, Starbucks, T-Mobile, and numerous other organizations. She's authored two books on career advancement. She's got a master's degree in leadership and organizational development. She's a certified career and executive coach. She trained with Al Gore to become a climate reality leader and is actively engaged with the Seattle Board of conscious capitalism. She is passionate about empowering professionals to accelerate their career success and become financially free and to make a positive impact around the world. In her downtime, she enjoys skiing, playing piano, and geeking out over strategy board games. What's your favorite game? (laughs) Well, Catan was the gateway game, but I've oh I play all kinds of geeky board games. There's one called Pandemic which I actually played way before the pandemic actually happened. What's the object of that game? You try to take out the disease before it takes over humanity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds fun because it's not really happening, right? Right. (laughs) As long as it's not really happening, it's fun. Yeah. Well, good. Well, listen, welcome. Thank you for being on my program. Hey, thank you for having me, Tony. It's it's so good to be here. It's good to have this conversation with you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be good. Uh, My listeners are going to benefit from all the value that you have to offer. I think one of the places where I'd like to start with you is in the people that you work with in their careers. 
the question that I hear a lot is, how do I advance? How do I get promoted? What's your thoughts about that? Just generally. Yeah. Yeah. That is primarily what I do. I help leaders advance into higher level leadership roles. Or if you've never been in a management role, how do you actually first initially break into a leadership role to begin with? As a career and executive coach, I work with individuals to help them clarify exactly what do they want to be focused on in their career and what level of leadership do they want to go towards. And then it's a matter of putting together a game plan to help make that happen. Sometimes that means getting promoted or progressing inside of your current internal organization, the same organization you're in right now. Sometimes that means going elsewhere to a new company who's willing to give you that opportunity. And sometimes it means actually getting an offer from another company and bringing that back and using it as leverage with your current organization so that they actually take you serious and start to give you more of the opportunities to help you progress into the higher level leadership roles. So first and foremost, I like to help people kind of identify what do they want to be doing? Because that's first and foremost, we just have to have that roadmap. Like, where do you want to be going? How high? What level do you want to achieve? And then what are the results that are needed to showcase in order to start moving in that direction? And then how do you get exposure for those results so that the right people are paying attention and actively giving you the opportunities where you can actually have higher levels of responsibility, stretch your skill set, grow new skill set, and be in a more strategic position where then you're going to continue to get more and more opportunities. And so sometimes you actually move into doing that role before you even have the title to go along with it. But then you as a professional need to be advocating for yourself so that you're getting the right title and probably also the compensation to go along with it. This just occurred to me, so I'm just going to ask this. As you were talking, it popped into my head. Have you had a conversation with a client where they say something to the effect of, I'm X years old and I feel like I should be at this place? In my <laughs> How do you answer that? All the time. That? Yeah, yeah. All so, the time. All right. So is there a scale for that? And how do you answer that? To me, it's more so based on results. So years of experience, age doesn't necessarily matter. We as individuals, we want it to matter because we think, oh my God, I've already been working for 20 plus years. Like, why am I not in XYZ position yet? It's oftentimes more so like, do you have the skill set? Do you have the capability? And do you have the core results to back it up? And so what we as individuals need to be thinking about, you know, if you're an employee and you're wanting to get promoted, you're wanting to be in a particular position, it's really on us to be proactively showcasing our results and making sure that the right people are aware of those results and making sure that you're getting assigned to the right types of projects, you're in the right meetings, you're in the right rooms, you're working with the right people to where you're going to continue to accelerate and get more and more and more opportunities to where you consciously progress or easily progress to that next level. So, you know, I know that it's easy to think, well, I have so many years of experience. Why am I not already in this position? Mm -hmm. But then I think we all have those experiences or examples that we can point to that we're like, wow, there's this one person who from the time that they were 22 and they entered the professional job market and 
they became a VP by the time that they were 30 or 35. You think, how did it happen for that person? You Very know, unique situation in, most of the time. Right. Yeah. And in those cases, it's not due to number of years of experience. It's probably more so built upon capabilities and being in the right place at the right time and having the right mentors and the right sponsors who advocated for that person and actually gave them those opportunities and helped helped usher them along and helped give them the opportunities, but give them the feedback and you know help them grow their skill set where needed to achieve higher and higher levels of success. Well, the reason I say that is because a lot of times when I'm given a lecture or a workshop or something, people ask about my career and I left my last CEO job when I was 42 and mm-hmm. I became what I do now, an executive coach. That was my second CEO role. So then they always ask, well, how did you get your CEO job so young? And I always say it was a very unique situation. Mm. It would not occur to everyone. Mm -hmm. I just happened to be in the right place, in the right situation at the right time. So that does have a bearing on it. It's sometimes very situational. It certainly can. So here's what I'd like to say about that. You know, sometimes it is just having all the stars align in the right way. You're in the right place at the right time. The right people are aware of who you are and what you're doing. And sometimes that just automatically happens, right? Right. But other times we have to be really proactive and help create that for ourselves. So even though, you know, you say you were in the right place at the right time, I'm betting that there were things that you were proactively doing that helped you get into that right place at the right time where you were selected for that role. Oh, I was highly advocating for myself. It's mainly yes. because I didn't know what I was getting into, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was promoting myself. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. You were promoting yourself and then you rose to the occasion. Even if you stepped into a stretch role that might have been a little bit bigger than what you were really prepared for, I bet that you still rose to the occasion like as soon as you were there and you knew what was required of you you stepped up to the plate and you did the job and maybe, maybe it was perfect. Maybe it wasn't, but you learned along the way and you probably took really good care of your people, which is a huge component of leadership as well. Well, there's some jobs that no one can tell you exactly what it's like until you're there, you know, Mm -hmm. until you're doing it. Here's another one. Not long ago, when I say not long ago, it's been the last couple of years, I guess at a client company, not my personal coaching client, but someone who worked within a client company of mine wanted to ask me about career goals and they wanted to be at the executive level before their career was over. And they were asking me how important their degree would be one way or another, or what kind of degree they had or whatever. How does that play into it? Mm, Yeah, I think it's situational. So it depends. Right. Here's the it depends answer, which I know is everybody's favorite. It truly does depend, right? It depends upon the type of company. Is it a large behemoth company where they have, do they have set policies of like, if you're going to exceed into this level, you have to have this background, this education, this number of years of experience, or is it a smaller, more nimble organization? And it's not always due to the size of the organization. I think it has a lot to do with the culture and the guidelines and the policies and well, you know, I think how... In, I think in this case, sorry to interrupt you, but just to give you more information, I mm-hmm. think in this case, the company is like 750 people and no real hard and fast requirements. Sure. So in that case, I don't think that a master's degree is a requirement. 
if companies are recruiting from the outside, they're much more likely to look for those types of things because in recruiting, if they receive 200, 300 applications for the same job, which they may or may not receive that many, but that's kind of the average for an open position. They're going to receive, let's say, 200 applications. In that case, recruiting is looking, proactively looking for ways that they can weed out candidates. So how do they decide who is the creme de la creme? Who should they actually spend their time talking to and interviewing for a particular job? Well, that might be one of the criteria that they say, okay, well, we're going to go based off of years of experience. We're going to go based off of education. We're going to go based on who has already had this title. We're going to go after various different things. And so then in that case, it's like, does your resume say what it needs to say about you? to beat out the ATS system. So if it's purely that first decision maker in the hiring process for an external candidate is usually that applicant tracking system, the ATS system. So does your resume say what it needs to say about you to beat out the computer search bot? And if not, then how are you getting creative about getting your foot in the door? So can you get an internal referral? Is there someone who can connect you directly to the decision maker or the hiring committee for whatever the open position is? And there are ways that you can get creative with your resume so that you can beat out the ATS systems. And then you should still also be trying to get internal referrals. And then in the case that you're mentioning with your client, It just depends upon who are the decision makers and what is their decision making criteria. And are they going to put that as a roadblock or an obstacle to helping this person get promoted? Or are they going to focus more on results and capabilities and say, hey, you know, no, it doesn't matter if you have an MBA or a master's degree or not. Like, we know who you are. We know what you're capable of. Great. Let's figure out how to make this happen. Yeah. But sometimes companies will have like set policies and they have what's called a role guide. And they'll say like, okay, if you're going to progress from, I'm sorry, I don't remember what the exact role is, but it's like, let's say it's senior manager to director or director to VP or whatever the situation is. They may say like, if you're going to go from this level to this level, you have to demonstrate these types of results. You need to have this type of education. You need to have these kinds of things. And some companies are like very big sticklers. And they'll say, if you don't have every single thing on this list, I'm sorry, we can't promote you. But even in those cases, I think this is where the individual candidate really has to learn how to proactively advocate for themselves in such a way that they move beyond that criteria. Because the more that you can showcase your results, the more that you can get people on your side that are advocating for you, then sometimes those, you know, those quote unquote rules don't necessarily matter. And I think as a leader, they become more flexible. They become more flexible. And as a leader, I think that's just sometimes what you have to learn how to do. There's going to be obstacles. How do you move around those obstacles so that you can do what's for the good of the company and for the good of your career too? Yeah. It's creative problem solving, right? Exactly. We're visiting with Sonia Price, who is a career expert and also a coach. And I know that you're an expert in this new, I guess it's new. I only learned of it not long ago called quiet quitting. Mm -hmm. And so this is always just how my mind works. But how did this start? Where did this come from? What's the deal on quiet quitting? Quiet quitting. Yeah. Well, I think it was actually born out of and during the Great Resignation, which is still alive and well. Quiet quitting is a term that was coined to 
basically represent kind of just doing the bare minimum to get by coasting. I've heard it described from both sides of the equation. So there's the people who are quiet quitting who are just like, I'm tired of my employer demanding so much from me. I'm tired of working 50, 60 hour work weeks. I'm tired of not having separation between work and life. I'm tired of these huge demands that have been placed on me. And so they're just like, you know what? I'm going to do the bare minimum to get by. And if you fire me, that's fine. I'm not necessarily going to quit because I like having my steady paycheck, but I'm just going to, I'm going to coast. I'm going to coast. And then I've heard it described as actually just having a conversation with an HR professional yesterday who said we we were having a conversation about quiet quitting. And I really loved her description of it, especially from working inside of HR. And her definition of it was, oh, you mean just doing your job? Because I think that in our modern day society, we have come to expect higher and higher, you know, we've set the bar so high and that you have to constantly achieve higher and higher and higher levels. And I think people are just getting really tired of that, you know, especially like during the pandemic. At first, everyone was really excited and happy to have remote work. But now that we've all become really accustomed to remote work, most people are actually working more than they even were when they were working in an office environment. And at least at that point in time, there was separation between work and life. You know, you'd get up, you drive to the office, you come home, you're home, hopefully you're home. Now, I know there's a lot of people who work after hours as well, but when you're home and it's just, you know, it's so much easier to just keep your laptop open all the time and always be on. And so quiet quitting has really just come to doing the bare minimum to get by, coasting, still maintaining your job, doing what you need to, to get by, but mostly being checked out. Mm -hmm. That's been an observation of mine is that I worked all the time. It didn't matter that I was at home. I Mm -hmm. mean, I I actually worked more at home than I did at the office. At the Mm -hmm. office, I was busy building relationships. Right. And when I got home, I was sitting watching TV and I'm like, you know, I could be doing that report. Yeah. And I'll go do the report, you know, or that's when you do. actually get work done because there's no distractions. Yeah. Well, that's, people will say, you know, I go in on Saturday morning. That's really I really get my work done. And I'm thinking, yeah, well, I get it done from 10 to midnight, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but I get it, you know, and there's no doubt. I mean, the biggest thing I miss that now that I work all the way from my home is the camaraderie and relationships. That's the part mm-hmm. that I miss. I miss not going to the break room. When people are having lunch and saying hi and ask how the day's going and what's happening and did your kid win the soccer game and Mm -hmm. that's the stuff I miss. The work is more. And I think that's a huge component of it as well is I don't know that we have really drawn the big conclusions about how this remote work is really impacting us. We can say things like that of like, oh, I just I miss engaging with people. Mm -hmm. But how does that take its toll over time? Is that causing us to disengage from our jobs more and more because we're losing that personal touch? And it's all about work now. It's like the meetings that we attend, you dial into the video call, you're there just to get the work done in that the small talk is fewer and further between. Like to have those social engagements now, we have to 
proactively make it happen. Like you have to host a virtual happy hour, or if you are all in the same location, you have to now say, okay, hey, let's meet at this location at 4 p.m. on a Friday. It's not just, hey, we're all in the office on a Friday. Hey, we're going to cut out a little bit early and go grab a drink. You want to go? So I think that all contributes to quiet quitting as well. And I'm having I'm having a virtual happy hour at four o'clock today. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think my listeners are probably sitting there right now thinking he's got this guest. She is a fabulous career coach. Is he going to ask her the question? So I'm going to ask you the question. How do <laughs> people benefit from having a career coach? Oh, well, a career coach can be very beneficial if you are at a point in time in your career where you're feeling dissatisfied with your current job or you're ready to take the next step. You know that you are ready to do something new and different. You don't even have to be dissatisfied. It could just be, I'm ready for my next bigger and better thing. Whether you know what that is or not, a career coach can help you define clarity or refine clarity to help you really understand what is the exact right next step for you. And maybe a career coach will help you to push beyond your comfort zone a little bit and go further and farther than you would have on your own. And then, you know, if you work with someone like me, I'm going to help you create the plan and actually implement the plan until it happens. Mm. So that could look like working on your overall branding through your resume and your LinkedIn profile, talking about job search strategies. We actually have a done for you job search service, which is really helpful, especially for senior leaders who don't necessarily have the time to go do the job search. So mm -hmm. we can actually do that component for you to take a lot of the hard work out of it. We talk about networking. We can actually help initiate some of the networking for you and then coach you through the interview process. Make sure that you're really honed in on the right things of what to say, what to showcase. How do you navigate some of those more challenging interview questions that may come your way, especially if you're moving into something new or different than what you've done before? And then we also help support you through the whole offer negotiation process so that you know with certainty that you're not leaving any money or benefits on the table. And with our particular service, we actually offer 100% ROI guarantee. So anything that you invest in working with us, we're going to help you find not only a meaningful and fulfilling position where you can really have that sense of satisfaction in your new role, but we're also going to help you make more money, a minimum of 100% more of what you invest in our program and working with us. But generally, I help clients make significantly more than that investment. And I've actually worked with clients who... I help them double their income and they're now making $250,000 more than what they were previously making. So they're at that like mm. half million mark and are doing quite well now in their career. They've gotten promoted. I think that particular client, when we first started working together, he was a manager. He got promoted to senior manager and he's now in a director level and he has doubled his income in the time frame of us working together. Do people ever get reengaged into their current career? I mean, do, when they get dissatisfied, do they ever they regain their satisfaction and engagement? Yeah, it certainly can happen. It certainly can happen. And that's some of the work that I do with clients. And that's probably some of the work that you do with clients as well, Tony, is like helping people identify where are the areas of dissatisfaction and then what actions habits, behaviors need to be changed in order to help create a new, more satisfactory situation, which in my case usually ends up looking like 
identifying those areas and then figuring out what are the conversations that need to happen and what needs to change in order to bring about a new situation that will help create yeah. more satisfaction and fulfillment. Yeah. That's always been the kind of the first thing I've always said is make sure you are running to something. You're not just running away from something. Ah, absolutely. Right. Because well said. Bad move. This has been fabulous. I hope you'll think about coming back and visiting with us sometime because there's a lot. Oh, I would love to. A whole bunch yeah. of stuff we could still talk about. I've got a list of questions that I ask every guest that comes on the show. It's just 12 and they're kind of rapid fire and they're pretty easy. Can I throw those at you? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Number one question is, what is the best memory that immediately comes to mind for you? Ever in my whole life? Ever in your whole life. Oh, boy. Once upon a time, I had a boyfriend that surprised me and took me out to a wonderful dinner and to go to the ballet. And I had oh, never, nice. at that point, I had never been to the ballet before. So it was kind of a magical experience. Well, what an outstanding example of my gender. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty outstanding. That's high performance. That's yeah, high it perform sure is. It sure is. Yeah. Who is, who, who is the number one hero in your life? Oh, probably my aunt. Who What's her is name? also an executive coach? Yeah, right. she kind of got me into this line of work, and she's just a really wonderful, transformational individual. She, Great. What's you know, her first she name? She keeps it real. What's her first name? Her first name? Her uh -huh. first name is Marty. Marty, Marty. Raphael. Oh, mm -hmm. nice. Marty. Mm -hmm. What is the top value you subscribe to? Compassion. What does that mean to you? Having a high level of self awareness and understanding. I'll speak for myself, what I myself need yes. and how I can care and tend to myself, but also having that social awareness and what's going on with others and understanding where do we need to slow things down to treat people as human beings and not just be focused on what are we doing? How can we get it done? But actually focusing on the human who's doing the work and helping ensure that their needs are attended to as much as is appropriate in the situation, but really treating people like humans and knowing that all of us are going through something in one way or another and having some grace for that. That's awesome. Who's the most important person in your life? My partner. And yeah. that is? His name is Nisha. He's a wonderful, wonderful, sweet soul, total sweetheart. We have an extraordinary relationship and continuously work on it to make it better and better all the time. That's what you got to do. What is mm -hmm. your favorite thing in the whole world? Molten lava chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> well, that may that may blow my next question. What's your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food actually is raspberries. It's like the most simple, sweet food, but it's like nature's candy. And yeah. it's it's so good and it's good for you. It's got lots of antioxidants. And... I like raspberries. I like all yeah, berries, good. but raspberries right up there. What's the most beautiful place you've ever visited? Oh, lots. But the top of the list, I would say Santorini, Greece. No, nice. I'm mm -hmm. Greek. I'm a Greek. I'm a guy oh, good. Greek, but I've not been able to go. So I'm excited to. Oh, you got to check there. it out. Yeah. That's what I've heard. That's what I, every mm -hmm. time I see it on TV, I'm thinking I got to go. If you could describe success in one word, what would the word be? I think a simple answer would be results. But I think we're such a results driven culture. I think results is good. I'm going to break the rules here. I'll That's say fine. 
I'll say three words, results with heart and soul. I like it. I was mm-hmm. thinking, I didn't want to help you, but I was thinking in our conversation that satisfied might be one of. Oh, uh, that's a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. Con- satisfied contentment. Yeah. Know, being well, just well, truly fulfilled and like content, content I, with where you I are. Mean, I feel like that's what you help people do. Right. Mm-hmm. How do you want to be remembered? Oh, Gosh, such a great question. This is supposed to be rapid fire. (laughs) I want to be remembered as somebody who really made a difference. And I know like, okay, what does that even mean? I want to be remembered as someone who helps everyone around me become more intimately aware of themselves in such a way that it makes it easier to create more satisfaction for themselves, but also to relate more intimately with other human beings. And I don't mean that in a sexual way, just like having intimate connections with more people in this world. I feel like we're just so cut off and distanced these days. It's like, how can we have more connection? Yeah. Authentic connection. If you could go back and talk to a younger Sonia, what advice would you give her? Oh my God. Don't stress out so much. Don't stress so much. Don't work so hard. Enjoy the simple things in life and trust that it will always work out because somehow it always has and it probably always will. That's great. What's your favorite (laughs) sound? Probably like a crystal singing bowl. Nice. Mm -hmm. Out of all the lessons you've learned in your life, what do you consider the best lesson? To love myself unconditionally. That's awesome. Been Mm -hmm. visiting with Sonia Price, Sonia Dynamo Price, and Dynamo is actually the name of your company too, right? It is. Yes. Dynamo Careers. Yeah. So if Mm -hmm. someone wants to find out more about you and what you do and how to contact you and all that, what should they do? Certainly. I would love to connect with you. You can come to my website, dynamocareers.com. That's D-Y-N-A-M-O careers.com. I have a number of free resources available there. I have a free career assessment called Does Your Work Work For You? I've got a free masterclass on how to accelerate your overall career success and make more money. And please come take advantage of one of those free resources that'll sign you up for my mailing list. I do actively send newsletters on a regular basis. I send high value content. It's not just, I really consciously think through what I send to my list. And if you'd like to connect with me individually, you can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Sonia, S-O-N-J-A, Price, P-R-I-C-E. That's fantastic. Thanks for coming by. Love to have you back sometime. Let's do it, Tony. Thank you so much. This is a wonderful conversation. It's great to connect with you. You're welcome. Sonia Price, everybody. Such a great talk today with Sonia Price on Better Than Before. Great tips, great information, some pure gold there that you can cultivate for your career from us here at Better Than Before. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4. You can also engage with me on Facebook. My page is Tony Richards, speaker, author, coach. And all you have to do is hit the like button for that. And you can also get my thoughts every Monday morning in your inbox for your email by subscribing to our Monday morning memo. All you have to do is go to my website, clearvisiondevelopment.com, scroll down the homepage, find the little box, put your email in there, hit the subscribe button, and then every Monday morning you'll get an email with some thoughts from me. You'll also get a short article from me and also a key question of the week. That's all in the Monday morning memo, and it's absolutely free. 
but it's packed with value. Even though it's free, it's packed with value. And all you have to do is subscribe in order to get it. Special thanks, as always, to our super producer, Tessa Hall, who always makes me sound so good every single week. And until we visit again next week, I'm your host, Tony Richards, here on the C-Suite Radio Network. And for everybody at Better Than Before, don't forget that everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.